Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Spurs. And now, let's join our hosts. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to a new edition of the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam. Delighted to say I'm joined by my good friend, Matt. Mate, I've got to take my hat off to you. How positive you're sounding, sounding right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm pretty good. I'm, How are you um, doing it? How are you doing it? Well, it's a, it's a mixture of heavy liquor um, <laughs> and loose women. The rest of my money I squandered. But I'm I say, not, not the TV programme, mate. That's, that's, that's putting <laughs> you in more of a depression. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, no. That, that, it's not one on my radar, that one. I've got to be honest with you, mate. Um... Yeah, yeah, hello, welcome. We're going to be talking all things Tottenham Hotspur, and we're going to be doing it in a kind of gallows humour way. It's the only way, <laughs> it's the only way we're going to be able to do it, Sam. It is, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I messaged you shortly before we started recording, basically saying typically we go into any show with bullet points, you know, these are the areas we kind of want to cover, <laughs> these are the areas we have to cover. <laughs> we may not want to talk about the last game, but we yeah. gotta talk about it. Um, but uh, on this week's, we kind of uh, we put the thing out to people. You know, any questions, any topics you'd like to discuss, uh, which I've been dreading constantly every week since <laughs> Jose took charge, basically. <laughs> um, but I, I had a look through them a little while ago. They're actually pretty good. Um, there's a lot of actually really good, sensible stuff in there, which is sort of excellent discussion points um so before we sort of hand the show over to that if that makes sense there were a couple of things um that i did have down which i didn't see in the comments they might be there now but uh first one uh, admin db aka dan wanted me to bring up and that is the discussion around tangi undombele um my friend, I'd like to put it to you. What are your thoughts on the Tange Undombele situation? It's a strange one, isn't it? When we, when we first signed him, as yep. probably most people do, including Danny Rose, mm. you do a little bit of a Google don't you, on the player. A little, little Google? Little yeah. Google, yeah. I'm, I mean, we was after him for a while, so I kind of was fairly familiar with the, with the player. But yep. when he signed, when he became officially a Spurs player, you know, you try to find any YouTube video and anything you can find on him. Yeah. And he looked good you can see that this is why we've paid all this money for him and then the, the first three or four games of the season he was kind of I remember the Villa game yeah. had a decent game scored a goal didn't he and, you, yeah. and I was seeing the game the home games I was seeing flashes of what I'd seen on the YouTube videos almost like you know the, the mm-hmm. way he can he can he can spread a pass where most players don't yeah, see it really you know can, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and his, his hold up play I mean some of his hold up plays fantastic it was just it was like getting Dombele Mark Two. that's how yeah, I feel yeah it's you know? very difficult to get a ball off him when, when he's yeah. on the ball he, he's a strong kid with it yeah uh, unfortunately we seem to have got Dombele, uh, Dembele Mark Two, but Dembele now Mark Two. <laughs> do you know what I mean he's 10 years younger but he seems to be at the same place as uh, the, um, Dembele what is what is interesting to me is the debate and I, and I sort of want to put it to you to get your opinion on this the debate around the public criticism uh, from Jose Mourinho, the player. So I, I think all of us as fans can look at him. I mean, it's been kind of the banter jokes non-stop that he doesn't look fit. You know, he, 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 when he moves, he doesn't seem to be running freely. Uh, he, you know, he keeps getting injured. 
Um, you know, so that's been kind of like a running thing. But when the kid's on the ball, he looks incredulous. He looks great, <laughs> but off the ball, not so great. Um, what, what's your opinion on Jose literally calling him out in the press? What, what's your thoughts on that? Because anyone with eyes can see he needs to put more effort in. But yeah, what's your opinion on the the public critique? It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because I don't. I know. Look, we're always going to make the comparisons to Pochettino, aren't we? Because that's well, he's the kind our of most recent manager. Yeah, it's difficult. It's yeah. difficult not to, isn't it? And Pochettino just didn't do this kind of thing. No, you know no, he no, he no. he was like you know he he took all responsibility on himself, and you and you felt like that's the right thing for a manager to do, like because. You, you don't you don't want the heat on one on one player or individual players, and that's why to me and I know I mentioned this when I, uh, when, when I was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago about how I always feel that whenever Mourinho says anything in a press conference or any time, he's not he's not just saying something off the cuff. You know, he's, everything he's saying has got almost like a double mean. It's almost like he's saying something because he knows it's going to have that effect. Yeah. So although it's words, these words are more than just his opinion on something these are things that are going to in 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 my mind in his mind as well he's like you know I'll say this and this will do this and this will do that afterwards yeah. so I don't see I, I can't I can't see what what he'll achieve by publicly calling him out no. whether whether I mean he's been at the club now for a few months so whether he's realised because obviously we he 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 deals with these players on a day to day basis. He knows their personalities. He knows what makes them tick. And whether he's worked out, if I publicly call out this guy and sh- almost to a, a point shame him for like where he is yeah. and where he should be, that could get the effect that I want from him. And it may do. He, he may have. He like I'm just guessing. I'm I'm just speculating yeah. and guessing. But I wonder whether Mourinho's worked out that by doing this, this is what will be, will get give us the, the Ndombele that we. Uh, that we want, you know. With, with that being said, the fact that he didn't even get off the bench in Europe would that not suggest that it didn't have that effect? Yeah, but, but then then the, then you look at the um, the comments Mourinho made a few days before the game, where he said, "I've got to choose. Basically, I've got I need to ask the board which game they want to is the most important one." <laughs> but which one? <laughs> yeah, so so you wonder whether he's got Ndombele uh, in, in mind for. Um, for for the Man United game, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like. I feel like I'm just second guessing him all the time. And, and and the frustrating thing for me is I know there's some silly. I call them silly. Everyone's everyone's entitled to their opinion. But as far as I'm, in my opinion, mm-hmm. he's calling for Mourinho to be sacked. I think at the moment he's silly. You know, I, I just do think it's a silly notion to sack him after he's been here for a few months. Well, it pretty much bankrupt us for a start. Yeah. So I I just I just wonder what. I just wonder whether the decisions he's making. I just still I feel like I want to just trust the decisions he's making. You know, that's that's what it's. I I don't. It seems a ridiculous idea that Levy and Mourinho have got together and thought, how can we just completely destroy this club? I think there are people that think that they think Levy and Mourinho are literally just in a room going, ha ha! Now they're at the Champions League. How can we make sure they get relegated next? You know, I think people think that. And, and I don't, I can't, it's, it's, it seems ridiculous to me. It's like, they must have, they must have the, or, like especially Mourinho, I mean, I, I try to avoid talking about Levy with this point, but mm. Mourinho must have the club's 
six like inch like and, and his own interests. I mean, he he doesn't want like he's he must be and you know how proud he is of his of his achievements. I mean, yeah. I mean with the Man United press conference when he was getting a bit of abuse and he held up the amount of fingers amount of Premier Leagues he's won. You know, he, yeah. he he thrives on what he's achieved. So I can't imagine that he doesn't want our club to win a trophy because then it will spoil his his run of having a trophy yeah. every club he's managed. So he must ha- he must have. The, the decisions must be for the for the good of the club. Um, but I, I, got, I just I, sorry. Continue. Go on, mate. Go on. No, I was just going to say I I got no doubt that Jose wants to win something with us because Jose wants to win it for himself. Um, I, I don't think it's uh, love for the club. I think he could be managing anybody. You know, I I just think Jose wants to prove a point. You know, everyone said he was done and washed up after Manchester United. I think this is him genuinely wanting to prove no I'm not um, so I've got no doubt that his desire etc there to, to keep it on the topic of public praise and public criticism the thing that worries me about him doing that is we saw him do that at Manchester United um, you know we had a Pogba situation which was very public and not good but also you had Fred and Luke Shaw who he basically destroyed those two players confidence and everything because of what he'd say about them you know it's taken him probably a good year and a bit for after he's left for them to look like football players again and I don't know if you've watched Manchester United recently but the two of them are in all his team and are playing bloody well so so do you think do you think that it's a case that Mourinho's ego almost takes over his ability to well, to manage to an extent, you know. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what's kind of funny. Um, when me and you did a did a show, uh, it was called "Goodbye Pock, Hello Jose." It was the our initial reaction. Okay. Now, when preparing for this show today, I thought it might be funny to go back and listen to me and you talking about Jose being our manager. After about twenty minutes of just what the f- <laughs> and just general <laughs> confusion and shock. Me and you both talked about our concerns, uh, his ego, and his um, his kind of the way he does things with the press and the way he kind of throws everything out there. And and it's kind of like my my worst fear, if you like, from me and you first talking about it to now is is sort of coming true because uh, I mean I'm. I'm somebody who runs my own business. I, I, I'm a manager of people. I've got probably about 100 people who work with me and for me. And I can tell you right now that in my experience of doing that for over 10 years, never once has me publicly having a go at someone had a positive effect. In fact, I don't do it. You know, initially, you're in an office full of people and you lose your temper or something and you have a go at someone. It is never once in all my time helped because that person just completely goes into their shell just completely retreats completely or it goes the other way of complete and utter resentment like well you want me to work late kiss my ass I ain't doing that for you you know you publicly embarrass me Tanku and Dumbele has been called out publicly and Jose did it and then the press have jumped on it um there was an analysis from Jamie Carragher I don't know have you seen that the analysis from Jamie Carragher I haven't no Okay, um, uh, to say that it's damning is an understatement. 
and it really highlighted something to me, which is uh, a failing on my part, big time, which is when I watched Tangu Underbelly in that first half against Burnley, every time he was on the ball, I felt he looked good. I felt he looked sharp. I felt he, you know, he used it well. They never dispossessed him, not once. His passing was accurate. It was like one of the highest passing accuracies on the pitch. So when he got absolutely slated, you know, hauled off at half time, I was kind of like, I, I don't get it. Is, is, mm. is it personal? Is it yeah. what's going on? But Jamie Carragher's analysis was frightening. Tango and Dumbele never sprinted once in 45 minutes. Are you letting that sink in? Hmm. So in 45 minutes of football, a central midfielder never moved past a stroll or a jog. He literally never sprinted once in 45 minutes. The only player on the pitch. And that's Premier League football, isn't it, as well? This is Premier League football. This is Hmm. a central midfielder in the Premier League. The only player in the entirety of the all Premier League fixtures other than goalkeepers not to complete a sprint in that amount of time. When he breaks it down and shows it constantly, he stands still. He points, which means defences can simply set up and stick someone on him. He never shows for the ball. He never moves in the space. He simply doesn't move. When the ball comes to him, yeah, he's good on the ball and he does stuff with the ball, but he's permanently just stood there pointing to his teammates. Like, oh, pass it there, pass it there, do this, do that. But never moving. <laughs> See, and that's and that's the thing, you know. Like I, I was making a point earlier when we signed him, and I was watching the, the, the you know, the YouTube. Well, yeah, videos. which and, is and, and him like, on the ball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. So, as it, is it the case with him that that's just always the player he has been? Like are he, the scouts messed up. I mean, well, I, I I can I can say this with a degree of certainty because of uh, people I know he was scouted so heavily by the club because he was identified by Mauricio as uh, Musa Dembele's replacement this is two years ago Um, but the big issue or the big question mark was around his desire his determination last season at Lyon it seemed to click it seemed to be that he realised, oh, if, you know, I'm going to be a big game player. I, I need to do this. And anyone who watches him in the Champions League last year games, he was phenomenal. He was box to box phenomenal. You, you just anybody who watched him, you know, that's why all the big clubs in Europe were trying to sign him. Now the issue is he's now transitioned from the French league to the English league, and I think in France when you're playing against the vast majority of the teams in France without wanting to sound too disparaging you probably can stroll around a lot yeah a lot a lot yeah. of the european leagues are like that Sam, yeah you know yeah. you you i mean you think about the players we've signed from France that just have never made it you know Najai and Kudu these guys um basically uh, in french league if you watch the youtube clips look like they were rapid fast you know clinical uh, skillful players in the Premier League. You know, the minute you try and jink past the defender, he's going to take the yellow card. <laughs> you mm. know, he's going to bring you down. Yeah. Um, and defenders are fast too, so you know you saw like Clinton the Jai sort of go on a sprint in the Premier League, and the defender matches him. Whereas in France, he was burning people. 
and and this is this is the big thing. He's still a young player. He, he signed at twenty two. He's turned twenty three with us. Um, keep in mind that you know Harry Kane made his breakthrough at twenty three for Tottenham, so he's at that age where you know some players are making their breakthrough. Um, I just don't see the public criticism being a good idea. I, I don't I don't think that's going to help. You know, like you said earlier on about the comparison we can make with Mauricio Pochettino. The thing that a lot of people seem to have forgotten is Moussa Dembele was not the player we all love him for before Pochettino arrived. Mm. He was a bit part player, in and out. You remember Tim Sherwood talking about him, saying, oh, if he only tried hard enough, you know, he'd he'd be at Real Madrid by now. You know, he's got everything, but he just doesn't work hard enough. Mauricio basically best-friended him, arm around the shoulder, talked to him constantly, worked with him constantly... And he became an absolute machine that for two, maybe three seasons for us was arguably one of our best players or arguably one of the best players in the league. You know, you think about how many players would talk about him. You know, Paul Scholes would be like, who was the best midfielder you came up against? Oh, Dembele. Mm. You know, Paul Scholes says he retired him. <laughs> Paul, Paul Scholes says when he came back, you know, he retired, didn't he? And then he came back to help because of an injury crisis. And he said, no, that was it. He said, I played against Tottenham and I tried to get the ball off Dembele for like 60 minutes. He said, and I realised, no, I'm done. I yeah. really am done. I mean, that's so, the highest praise you want, isn't it? <laughs> well, for me, Paul Scholes was one of the best players in the world. Oh, absolutely. Loved yeah, him. of course. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he just, he was unbelievable. But people seem to forget that before Pochettino, he was nothing special. He was a guy who basically would stroll around <laughs> and do the kind of bare minimum that was expected of him. And then he got motivated because he found a manager who said, look, this is what I want to do. I'm going to build a team around you. You're the man. You're my man, and we're going to do this. And he, and he was motivated by that. Unfortunately, that's not Jose. You know, that's never been him. He's always been very prickly in, in his dealing with things. And people are like, on his on his side... Or they're not. There's no kind of middle ground at all. You know, you're Team Jose, you're not. And it's like really divisive. And when he arrived with us, um, he seemed to have this, oh, you know, this is the new Jose, everything's going to be fine, love this squad. We're now a good few months in. I don't know about you, but I feel like he's being pretty divisive. Yeah, it, it, it's, it feels like that, doesn't it? I mean, the first few games, he was having a good few results, weren't we? and he was jumping up and down, and, you know, we're seeing a, a more positive uh, Mourinho. But, yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I said I said that, it, is it him thinking about what he's saying, or is it just his ego, make you know, and, and that's coming through? And you're probably right with players. I mean, like, a compa- comparison you can probably make with treating people really harshly and, you know, kind of... Out, publicly shaming them and stuff is, is if you think of the military you know yeah. but dealing with a soldier and dealing with a, a football player that's earning 150 200,000 pound a week that's living a very overprivileged life and really you know if they're not happy can just go wherever they like can't they if the money's right they like, no no football player in sort of premier league level or you know or in europe at that kind of level needs to take any shit from from people do they especially their manager yeah. They, don't, they just don't, do they? You know, so I, I don't, I, you know, it, it, I'm I'm struggling to see how the, the the one side of it of him doing it deliberately is is 
he's what's what he's doing, you know, because I can't see how it'll work with with, with no, Dembele. It's um, it's a debate that can run and run. I think. I, I think you can literally argue the point over it. The, the thing that the club's got now is a really difficult situation because he has publicly slammed him. Critics have slammed him. If Undumbele plays in the next game and there isn't an uplift, for example, or if the manager's not seeing him, you know, perhaps in training he's now completely retreated, you know, or, you know, didn't even put in the effort in there, so he's not even going to pick him for the next game. We don't know yet. But depending on what happens there, you know, what's the club going to do? This is their... Undumbele is the biggest investment we've ever made at the football club, uh, playing-wise. Um, and manager-wise, if you take his contract, the length of contract and the fee we've paid, it's more than Jose Mourinho, <laughs> and mm. Jose's on like fifteen million a year. It's a massive, massive investment. With only the second one being probably Jose. So you, you're under the chairman, you're Daniel Levy. I mean, what do you do? You've got this massive investment sat there, which is depreciated this season massively. So, like for example, if the club went, oh you know, we're not going to get the best out of him in this league, it's just not worked out, the player says, it's not worked out, I want to go, you're going to get between 20 and 30 million for him. Yeah. It's nothing. You know, could, you know, you're literally half, you've lost money. And at the same time, what do we do if Jose turns around and says, I ain't working with him? He's mm. useless. You know, like he did with Pogba. Mm. What does the club do then? We Manchester United, the club, because of the way the players were feeding about Jose, pulled the trigger on Jose. Would Daniel Levy do that here? I, I don't know. Because you fire Jose now. You know, you brought it up earlier on. A few people are calling for it. That's about £45 million in compensation we're paying him. So goodbye any idea of signing a player this summer. Mm. So put that out of your heads. <laughs> it mm. ain't going to happen. Um, football managers are one of the only professions in the world where when you fail, you get paid well for it. Mm. You get rewarded, basically, for, for, it's, it's, for being yeah, a failure. It's madness, absolute yeah. madness. But um, like I said, mate, that debate over Tangi could run and run and run. I think we could do a whole podcast on it, but but I don't think we should. Um, let's mention very quickly then, you had a trip to Leipzig. Yeah, I, I, I know I, I recorded some audio for Barcelona, but I'll give you the main reason why I didn't record any for the Leipzig game was because <laughs> I ended up sitting in the home end, so yeah. I was very conscious of... Yeah, smart move. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To be fair... I mean, I um, I, I was I sat kind of so you know the Spurs fans were in the corner. Yeah. I I look I couldn't get a ticket uh, through the club. I didn't have enough no, points, I so I sort of got one off of one of those third party sites, like but one of the re- reputable ones. So I knew I'd, I'd get the ticket. But they um, they had like a map of the stadium of the Red Bull Arena, arena yeah. and where where I found the block, it was in they call it the guest section. I can't remember to say it, what it's in German. So I was like, oh, yeah. perfect, this ticket still. But then. You sent us some information from the club a couple of days before the game, and it said only the lower tier was. It. I was like, "Oh, great!" So I am in the home <laughs> end. But there was a few Spurs fans dotted around, and there were some in Spurs shirts, which I was kind of like, "You are brave," you know. Yeah, fair but play. but they, I don't know what it was. I I think one of these. It's one of those things where I mean, I've been to very few European away games, just a two, like the Barcelona and the one I just went to, yeah. and you kind of build a picture of it being really scary, and there's loads of. I mean, probably 
the Barcelona game was an example of it because you know there was that story of the of the police hitting this. Yeah. So yeah. you kind of have this this vision of like there being loads of barking dogs outside the the stadium, yeah. and you're like, this is going to be really scary, and they'd be putting torches on your passports to make sure you had to come in and everything. <laughs> and you get there, and it's just all friendly, and like you know, the the only thing that kind of really annoyed me was where I was sitting was um, I I know it's funny because I always think us English we're very much like uh, you know the rules are there to be broken but yeah, yeah, yeah. we kind of when you go to these when you go to these European countries we actually real stickler for the rules because there was all these sort of no smoking signs yet yeah. everyone was smoking and this frustratingly this German guy that was sitting on the seat in front of me lit this cigar that lasted the whole 90 minutes he, he put <laughs> he actually put it put it out at half time and then relit it in the second half and every puff bar about five went directly in my face and I'm like yeah lovely I really want to get cross with this well I am cross with him but there's no way in hell I'm going to start an argument with him you know and what was even more depressing was obviously being in the home end I was thinking, do you know, like when the when the whistle when the whistle blew, I was thinking, oh, do you know what? It'd be fantastic if Spurs win because I can sort mm. of cheer in my mind. Yeah. But then, as long as Leipzig don't score, because if they do, what will I do? I mean, I, I don't want to celebrate. Cause, but then, well, if yeah. I just sit there, everyone's gonna be like, why is he just sitting here? So I kind of every time Leipzig scored, I stood up and clapped. But in my mind, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> it's so difficult. I've never sat in the opposite <laughs> end before. It really is. But I, I was really. Um, because I was obviously at the tier above where the, where the Spurs, where our fans were sitting. Yeah. We we we. I was really proud of us. You know, even when we was two 0 down, you know, we was in full voice and we was trying our best. But, yeah, no, the fans definitely put the effort in. But unfortunately, the players didn't, and it mm-hmm. and that's the thing, no. Sam. It was just it was dreadful. I mean, uh, the next morning when I was on the train going back to the to the airport, I went to, back to uh, Berlin yeah. on a couple of trains I had to catch. And I was kind of contemplating the game. And for me, the most disappointing part was, I know we we got knocked out, but it was just the nature of how we got knocked out. I I can only think in my mind, and I don't know if if you think differently, obviously watching it on telly, but in my mind, being there and watching the players, the only player, I think, who put in the effort or seemed to kind of want to grab the ball by the horns was Lamella. He was the only one for me that looked like he was up for it, you know? But I, I guess... And, and again, this is this is me contemplating it, but I guess with me and this 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 is kind of just what I think Lamella in general. I was thinking, how can I kind of like think of like an, a, a comparison to how it, how he was in the game? And I, I guess it's a bit like me going to watch my local club Stevenage, mm. and then for some bizarre reason they, they haven't been able to bring any substitutes, and they they ask someone from the crowd if they don't mind jumping on the pitch, <laughs> and it's like me going out there and thinking, do you know what? I'm going to give it my all. I'm really going to give it my all for them because I want to kind of prove yeah. to them. That, but at the same time, I just don't have the ability, you yeah. know. And yeah, I think that's the thing with Lamella to an his, extent. His I think. injuries have kind of curtailed. You they know, have. You, can, you cannot question the guy's heart, desire, absolutely. And you know, his you can see him. You can see him almost frustrated with his end product constantly himself. Mm, like you know, mm. I, you know, a couple of years ago, I'd have picked this top in, so now I can't get yeah. out from under my feet. You know, you mm. can sort of sense it. Um, I think watching it on TV, I think Geo was working hard, but with very little help. Um, Delhi um, just has that kind of frustrated with himself feeling as well you can see he's trying but just nothing's coming off he's just in the wrong position Delhi. that's the problem he is the thing with him is Delhi's always been best you know ball over the top running into space finding the space 
and we're just not playing that way. We're we're playing it to him to his feet, you know, or up for him to try and head. I mean, lumping balls up the deli with some towering defender just murdering him constantly. What's that gonna do? No, I mean, exactly. it just anyway. I don't anyway. I don't want to dwell on this game. We're out. <laughs> we're out. <laughs> yeah, we got knocked out of Champions League. Uh, we got knocked out of the FA Cup. We got knocked out of the League Cup a long time ago. Um, we're eighth in the league, I think, currently. I don't know. I I didn't want to look at the table because it made me cry as soon as I saw Arsenal go above us. <laughs> um, so things aren't good. Um, no. There are nine games left of the Premier League season. However, on the plus side, we do have a virus currently infecting the world that could oh, wipe there? us out. A virus? Yeah. I've not heard of this. Is this like news? New news? Or I mean, yeah, it's been yeah, nothing. It's, in, it's been nothing in the newspapers. Yeah. Or no, the... It's, it's been out there. Um, ah, okay. Yeah, yeah it's, it's called the toilet roll virus. <laughs> um, it appears to eat toilet roll, and you have to keep feeding it toilet roll, or we'll all die. That and, and that's... pasta? Does it? I think it likes pasta as well, doesn't yes, it? Yes, yes. Yeah, so pastas, pastas, a big dish. Um, <laughs> um, other than just laughing at the hilarity of that for a moment, in a very serious thing, uh, I I found out late last night, and I messaged you that the Premier League contacted all the Premier League clubs to say it looks like they are going to have to enact a protocol for behind-closed-doors games. Um, the Premier League do not want to cancel fixtures due to fixture congestion of having to re-possibly play them again later on, with Euro 2020 scheduled for the summer as well. Um, so the Premier League wants to play behind closed doors rather than cancel the fixtures. However... At the time of recording this, uh, which is about 10 to 2 on Thursday 12th of March, um, one Premier League team have got three players showing symptoms and the whole squad's being tested. Now, if that one team, whoever it is, currently unnamed, obviously shows that one of them or a few of them have got the coronavirus, I see they've got no choice but to suspend the Premier League temporarily. Yeah. Can't they just stop? The, can't they just stop it now and just put us, put our Spurs fans out of our misery? Well, yeah, I mean that's. I mean that would be kind. Um, <laughs> but yeah, well, well would it would it be would it be funny, sir? Like if they suspended it and just null and void in the season? <laughs> like I just love every Liverpool fan I mean, that I like, encounter. I'll just give a big hug, but inside yeah, feel very I mean, smug. It'd be brutal. <laughs> I mean, of course, Liverpool got knocked out of the Champions League last night by Kieran Trippier, personally. Um, he had some teammates as well, but I'm pretty sure Trippier did it all by himself. <laughs> the thing, I, I was just going to say this, Liverpool fans drive me insane on social media. Okay, I, I've never encountered a crazier, more strange, deluded fan base in my entire life. Even when they're successful, they're being weird. <laughs> um, but their fans inside that stadium last night, as they third goal I think for Atletico went in sang immediately you'll never walk alone to try and lift their players I thought that was phenomenal um, you, you don't see that in many clubs no they, they, sang, they, they sang they sang it um, what's the other game they, they lost one on ten, I know they're not doing too well at the moment mm. what, they, was it the um, the Watford one yeah yeah when they were losing 3-0 yeah. And they were still singing then. Yeah, I, and and that, I found that quite impressive, actually. Yeah, me too. I mean, I I just sort of took the moment with that. I just thought it took me back to that interview we did with Mickey Hazard talking about the UEFA Cup final with the penalty shootout. And he talked about how the fans singing, there's only one, Mickey Thomas, gave all the other penalty takers that lift. 
because it's like even though he's missed the fans are there you know they're lifting they're literally putting the team over they're there to help mm. and he believes that we won because of that and I see yeah. the Liverpool fan reaction I just think how how great that must be to feel that way and don't get me wrong Liverpool have been phenomenal all season just destroying teams so it's very easy for a fan base to be oh yeah. well okay we lost this we got one the Premier League yeah <laughs> yeah never mind um, and I, I do get that but I was actually quite impressed by that last night yeah no it's fair enough yeah they're, they're um, they, they always make a lot of noise when they come come to us I mean they're winning most of the games anyway but as much as you say, like you know, there are the, the fans on social media do my head in, but oh, once it goes to the games, yeah, yeah, they 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 do sing and they and that, and that's the thing. Like you know, I've been to some games when some of these bigger teams. I mean, I remember the Champions League last season when we when we beat Man City one nil mm-hmm. um, at the new stadium, and you can hear a peep out of their fans, you know, and no. it was just unreal. Like it's the quarterfinals of the Champions League, you know, and I can't hear anything from you. Nope. Well, yeah, that's Man City for you. Uh, and they've got a real core fan base who have been through everything with them. And then they've got tens of thousands of absolute plastics who used mm. to wear a Man United shirt in the 90s. Now wear a Man City shirt now. The old, sing it, the old song, where were you when you were shit, would get, get sung quite a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, as it should, yeah. Um, mate, so yeah, it's time to hand the show over to basically the people on our Facebook page. You ready for this? Let's go, mate, let's go. And now it's time for your comments directly from our Facebook page. Right, and my friend, we head over to our Facebook page where, of course, we put our standard note out. If you'd like a a subject or comment read out, please put it here and we shall go. Uh, We will open with Sean Gibbs, who simply does a gif of Muppets driving a car. (laughs) Um, I put back, oh, Muppets at the wheel, and he says, yes, you got it, Mr. Levy has no football intentions to help the fans, a great stadium, but how many managers, how many trophies? Now, so that opens us up straight away, so that's Sean Gibbs basically having a pop at Daniel Levy over trophies. Um, I wanted to put something to you, because this is something that, it's like something I knew, but seeing it written down was kind of like, oh, wow. Right, you ready for this? Go on. 20 years of Enoch being in charge, okay? Mm-hmm. Six top four finishes in that time. Yep. Three bottom half finishes in the table. And we've picked up one League Cup. Sure. Yeah? Yep. The 20 years before Enoch, we had five top four finishes. So that's just one less. However, we did have five bottom half finishes. So that's two more of that. Mm-hmm. However, we lifted three FA Cups, one UEFA Cup, and one League Cup. Sure. Don't you think that's kind of like trophy-wise? That's it's like I knew that, <laughs> but at the same time, seeing it written down was kind of like, oh wow, because we always talk about the, the massive strides the club have taken under Enoch in in the sense of like just look at where the club is now compared to when they joined us. But actual success on the pitch, it has gone backwards, hasn't it? One thing to consider, though, Sam, is um, I'd be quite interested to know how many finals uh, that we've been involved in in the last 20 years. Because with football, there there is an element of luck there, isn't there? I mean, like the the investment's been put in to get the clubs to finals. And then when you get to the final, 
you know, it's just one of those things where you could be great, but the other team just gets a lucky goal, you know. So the thing, the thing is, with Tottenham, we've always like since the 60s when we won the you know won, won the league those times we've been a cup winning team haven't we we've won yeah, cups yeah. and and I think with cups it just part of it is an element of luck you know you can get drawn against uh it really sounds like I'm just here defending leaving I'm, I'm that's not what I'm trying to do but I'm just trying to look to look at it objectively and just kind of no, see I, I, whether whether Enoch are the reason why I, I we've think, got less cups, you know? I think your point's completely valid other than the fact you could apply that to 20 years previous, couldn't you? Yeah, but that's what, but that's what I'm saying. We're, we're, we're a cup we're a cup winning team, aren't we? We win like we tend to win But um, we're not now. Yeah, but we've we've been in we've been in plenty of semi like how many semi finals uh, and finals have we been like we've lost like Eight of the last nine FA Cup semi-finals we've been in, haven't yeah. we? Yeah. We've been we've been getting to these stages and then just losing at the end. And yeah. that's can that be put down to the board? Can can that you know? I mean, the, well, you could argue that with investment in certain players at certain times, we'd have had that ability to win those games. Yeah, I I, I just look. I, it, I know I, I know we, we you may have mentioned it. We I know we spoke about it last last year. I think last mm. season. About you know the amount of years Spurs have been in existence and the, yeah, and the amount yeah. of years yeah, when we yeah, won a cup, yeah. and so we we've been around since eighteen eighty you know, two, haven't we? So that's yeah. one hundred thirty eight, one hundred thirty eight years, yeah. And we've won cups in sixteen of those years. Yeah. So sixteen out of the one hundred thirty eight. Now I I I do Sam. I desperately want us to start getting. I desperately want us to start winning trophies, but I I don't I don't understand just the 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 vitriol and anger towards Levy, like it's his fault, you know. And and I I understand, I understand that 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 the investment hasn't been there when it should have been. And we and I and I do think we've gone stale. We've got players that aren't motivated anymore, and that has to fall at Levy's door because yeah. he he didn't he didn't make those. And 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 you've said it, haven't you? That you know for a fact the ball was dropped when he was concentrating on the stadium. Yeah, yeah. Big that time. the ball the ball was dropped. Yeah. So that that from that perspective, I think yeah, let's let. He has to take some of the responsibility for it. I think but, the uh, issue is, I think most people can um, actually, although it might frustrate and might anger, most people can accept mistakes when they're owned up to. I think if if people looked at this objectively and went, every time we've dropped the ball, we've learned from it, I think we people would feel better. But the issue is, we don't appear to have. And when you read the comments he made to the trust just recently Mm. it not only feels like he's not acknowledging errors were made he's almost saying that they weren't errors in fact these are my policies i I tell you i tell you what i'm gonna like i've had my season ticket this will be the third third season i've had my season ticket i'm gonna i'm gonna renew it this season but genuinely mate if 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 it carries on where he's just like you know there's no money there or you know we're just gonna we're going to try to scoop my. Oh, I'm giving it up, mate. I am. Yeah. I'm giving it up. And 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 I've gone through like you have. I've gone through the crappy times when we've just been crap. Like yeah. every week we've been crap. A crap team that just barely survives in the Premier League. You know. And and I understand we're not that anymore. We're playing crap, but we're not a crap. We've got a fantastic stadium and everything that goes yeah. with it. And state. So we've got the things in place. But if he carries on like this, then. I mean, I, I, listen. I haven't enjoyed. I've I've enjoyed very, very few games. Uh, well, I I mean, I, I, I realise you can speak for yourself, but I mean, as 
someone, anyone who's listened to this podcast from day one will possibly remember just how thrilled you were to finally get a season ticket. Yeah. You know, you've been a Tottenham fan your whole life. You've been going to games, going to games. But the season ticket waiting list for White Hart Lane was ridiculous. Um, you know, you managed to get one when we moved to Wembley, which obviously enabled you to get one for the new stadium. I, I remember your pride, your love, your absolute... You know, I could actually hear you smiling when you used to talk about the fact you had a season ticket. I was buzzing, Sam. And to hear that now after two seasons, I mean, this season, and I hope you don't mind me saying this on the podcast, I've I've never known you not go to as many games. I just uh, this, this the thing is, it's just no, it's it's, it's like this leap, it's Leipzig. Not enjoyment. No, it's like the Leipzig game, right? I, I, oh, I've, you, you, you know me. I've, to get there. Yeah, I've written off the season, right? And I wrote the season off, unfortunately, after I booked the flights, right? Yeah. But I just, I just felt, I just, I went to the game, and I just felt that, look, all in all, the, the trip cost about six hundred quid, like yeah. flights, tickets, everything, spending money. That's how much I spent on it, you know. Yeah. And I just thought. Look, I, I know it's a horrible thing to say, but I thought, you're a bunch of wankers here, you know? Yeah. Like, we've put we've put all this effort in, we've put all this effort in, and you just come out with a shit performance like that. And it's so, it's so disappointing. And and genuinely, I just, like I say, I, I, on the, the next morning, I was coming back contemplating a lot of things. And that was one of the things I was thinking. I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it. I'll, I'll go next, like, I, I still, and I know you think I'm mad, but I'm still genuinely holding on to the hope that Mourinho has got a plan, Levy's got a plan, and give him a pre-season, get his yeah. fingers in, get some players he wants in, yeah. and and it, 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 yeah. the fort- our fortunes might get turned around. Yeah, I, I really, I'm holding I, on to that, you know. I promise you, I don't think you're mad, mate. I just when we've had this conversation, my my kind of issue is is like I was. It actually brings us back full circle. Like we planned this. This is brilliant. <laughs> My issue is, I don't feel like the club ever learns from their mistakes. Yeah, and, and you put hit the nail on the head. You really have. And, and when we, when we, and you know, like uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, I was really down. I mean, like I was really down about everything. I was just kind of like, I've watched us play like this. This is awful. You know, this has been an entire season of uh, occasional twenty minutes here or there of playing football, but the rest of it just being crap. Like literally, the only highlight I can think of is the Burnley game at home, five 0 That's literally the only highlight yeah. I can think of where we played the whole game. I mean, I know we beat Man City, but that was the last twenty minutes, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it just, it just, there's no joy, you know. There's just no fun, no nothing. And so, and I, I mean, I've been commenting this on our Facebook page a lot recently. Uh, mostly, again, gallows humour of look guys I have to watch this to do the updates but mm. on ITV right now there's a drama go check it out <laughs> you know and I'm like posting goal conceded pictures more than I'm posting anything else yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, man, depressing. it's depressing it is dark and it has just driven me to this you know I watch every game Tottenham play every season and have done for years no matter how I do it whether I go to the game whether I find you know, a bounce a bloody signal off ten satellites to my phone. You know, I find a way and I watch everything. And I have never in all my life, including the time George Graham was in charge, and for me to say this, this is huge, ever felt so depressed by our lack of ability to play football. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because it's not just that they're going out there and they look like they don't care. They're going out there and look like they've been sent out not to care. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> and, 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 that, and, and that plays into this conspiracy theory that Levy and Mourinho somehow are there to destroy oh, the club. No. But you kind of want... You, that feeds into that because... It does. Like, you know, there, there was yeah. the, um, the, the the Norwich guy, I forget his name. Uh, he, he came out with, with, a, with a, a, yeah. a statement, didn't he, about how... This isn't the Tottenham that he played yeah, two or yeah. three years ago. He said, "I couldn't. Yeah. We couldn't believe that they no, just we couldn't believe how they sat off us." Yeah, at home. But, but, that's, but that's true. He's like, they're, Norwich came to our stadium expecting to get absolutely hunted and battered, and you know we were going to be in their faces. And what they got was this shy, timid whimper of a team that basically almost apologetic for trying to play football. Yeah. It is it's tough bizarre. to watch. Yeah, it, it is, is so tough. Really the, the, tough to watch. I, I feel like I've, I feel like I've gone a little numb with it. I mean that um, the, the Norwich. I was at the Norwich game, uh, and I, I remember when the when the, it, it, I know uh, it's easy to say in hindsight, but but with the penalties, even when they missed, the, we, we saved the first, yeah. and then we scored ours. I still yeah, had this. No, just this isn't going to happen. And, and it's and it's it is go. It probably is part of partly because we've got that hangover from that the, the real dark times, you know, back in the nineties mm. and stuff. But it's like we've just regressed to that. You know, there's yeah, no like I, I swear for three or four years under Pochettino, guaranteed I would have gone to that game thinking we're going to destroy him. And it, and yeah. even if it had gone to extra time, I'd be like, what yeah. the hell? Has this to- even gone to extra time? To- total belief. He, he, yeah. The, the thing, and I think that's the thing we're really struggling with the most is that we had that recently. You know, within the last couple of seasons, you know, two, three years ago, we went an entire season at home unbeaten, and no one looked like beating us. You know, there was a couple of games we drew where we shouldn't have, but we never looked like we were going to lose. No. You know, even if we went 1-0, 2-0 down in a game, I never once had any kind of, oh, wow, we're dead today. Oh, no, we're never going to... Because I had utter belief that we would still fight. And even when we lost the game, you never walked away from it going, God, well, you know, you'd walk away from it going, we had a bad day today, Mm. but next week we'll be all right. Absolutely. That's what you used to think. There is no belief in that now. But anyway, we've we've kind of taken that and run with it. Um, Andy Shaddock says, if your wife treats you like crap, he says shit, but I changed it to crap. I don't know why I filtered myself when I then said shit anyway. Yeah, sorry, mate, because I've sworn a couple of times already, yeah. haven't I? So, yeah. If your wife treats you like shit, it's easy to end that relationship. You move on with your life. When your football club you've supported all your life becomes shit, is it? it's impossible to end the relationship. Why is that? Do, do, do you know what? I've, I know what he's thinking. And yeah. again, I apologise for keep talking, saying, mentioning it again, but... That thought used to go through my mind constantly when I was a teenager. <laughs> like, yeah. Why do I support them? Why can't, like yeah, why am why, I not able to go not, support yeah. a better club? Yeah, <laughs> my, my girlfriend suddenly, you know, puts on ten stone. I'm leaving her. Why? Why is it that when Tangu and Dumbelli does it, I got to stay around? No, I'm joking. It's clearly only two stone. Um, yeah, no, it's it's a great point. It's valid. Um, I mean, you can, I suppose, but it just wouldn't feel right. I mean, I um. I went to a game once when I was uh, younger. Um, I'm trying to think who it was. It was like a League Two game. Uh, Bristol Rovers. Um, one of my friends was a season ticket there, and they gave me a shirt. And I felt weird wearing mm. another shirt. It was like, I, I know it's not like I'm going to support Man United or something like you know in the same league or anything, but still, this doesn't feel right. No, no. I don't like that. I gave him the shirt back at the end of the day. I was like, no, you're you're good. No, yeah. I'm not. I'm not yeah. doing that again. 
Um, it's weird. It is a strange it, thing, but it is it, true. Yeah, and but also, you know, on the flip side, and and look, you know, you say one trophy in the last twenty years, but yeah. let's say we do win something in the next five years, for example. Yeah. It makes it all the sweeter when you've had to suffer. I mean, a, a good example you've had would be to suffer. But, right, but, 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 but a good example. A good example. If we talk you can about tell the men- this is a Jewish club <laughs> with real Jewish roots. When you just say listen, stuff like that, wait, when no, you've when, had to suffer listen, for mate, it, it's I, better. I, I was at the I was at that men, that, that Norwich game, and trust me, it was it was painful. I'm like, I've paid mm. them money yeah, to sit to in this, this to yeah. sit in this stadium. To watch this, yeah. that is, suff- is suffering. Don't I, get me wrong; I'm not like trying to compare it to suffering of any. Co- no, you know, no, I know. If, if, in supporters, it, it, being a football supporter, it is. But then, like I was going to say that, that you mentioned it earlier with Man City fans. I mean, can, can you? Look, I know I've said this before, but Man City fans have, for years and years and years yeah. had to. Like, did as supporters oh, yeah, watching no, the I, club um... watch dire shit football well, I, I have th- a I have a friend who a genuine Man City fan all the way through us growing up so he was a Man City fan when they were in the Premier League but just Man United in their shadow beyond yeah. beyond anything and he was still a fan of theirs when they were down in League 2 yeah. so for him <laughs> when they made it back and got bought by his consortium he was like yeah dog with 40 dicks yeah. and also you, just, you think listen you think of one f- Oh, and again, this thing I've mentioned, but you think of one five minutes in their hi- yeah. recent history that summed up just how, like how much they've gone through Aguero! to enjoy the moment. Yeah, for, for two reasons: yeah. because it's last minute, and mm. it not it, it meant it, it. So what we're saying is, we need new owners. <laughs> that was a joke. It was a joke. Okay, so let's let's move on. Um, Simon Whiteman says. What's the verdict on Jan Malachi Fagan Walcott? Are we surprised he was called up for the first team? This is your forte, Sam, isn't it? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, was, I was a little bit surprised. I'm not not surprised because I don't think the kid's talented. I was a little bit surprised just um, because one, there are other players you'd think would be ahead of him just based on age, if nothing else. Um, but a wonderful experience for him. It's the day before his 18th birthday, so he turned 18 yesterday, the day after we got knocked out. Um, really, uh, Tottenham through and through. Uh, local lad to the club supports Tottenham. Um, so yeah, seeing him get opportunities is fantastic. Uh, but yeah, I was a little bit surprised. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised. Um, Jeff Edwards says this is just a bad season. Every team has it happen to them. Do you think we can regroup and be competitive next season, Matt? I'm going to put that to you. Yeah, we said it earlier. That's my hope. But like I say, I, I'm I'm hoping we do. I've got. It's almost like a blind faith because, like, if you go on leave his past records and and obviously what he's even come out and said, then no, nothing's going to yeah. change. But you know, we can we can have faith, and if it does, fantastic. I I don't really buy that. Oh, we've had one bad season. This is this has been something that's not like a, you know, we teams play well and they struggle for us. This has just been coming for a long time and we're mm. just reaping what we've sown, unfortunately. And a lot needs to, as, as we all know, a lot that, needs to be fixed. That, for me, is where I am. And that, that for mm. me, is why I don't buy into the one bad season thing, unfortunately. Mm. No. Um, this, you know, last season's Champions League run really papered over Christmas to the end of the season being quite woeful. Um domestically anyway um mm. lee sadler says when is levy going to own up to not giving a shit about the fortunes on the pitch 
Poch called it ages ago, but he ignored him and chased him out of the club. Had the Leipzig recruitment guru on our payroll not too long ago as well. I the irony. The, the irony. Day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, that killed me. Um, yeah. We ignored him and chased him out the club. He is notoriously tight, yet hires a checkbook manager, which is a re- recipe for disaster. Seems uh, sees fit to run a supposed big club on one solitary striker. I mean, I, I can see where Lee's going. Lee, Lee says more, but um, I think we all know where Lee is with this. Um, Lee, I, th- I think we've kind of touched on this uh, on and off throughout this entire podcast. Um, everything you say in there is very difficult to argue. <laughs> it's, mm. it, and in fact, it's not my place to argue. I don't work for the club. I'm not Daniel Levy. Um, the, the thing I would say, I'm, and this is uh, my genuine belief, okay, and I could be wrong. My genuine belief is he does think what he's doing is right for the club. Yeah. I don't think there is any part of him that is this profits over glory narrative because he he genuinely... Like Enoch don't take money out of the club. It's something that I thought I really should highlight and I put it on the page this last week. You know, there are not shareholder dividends being paid, all the money generated by the stadium, the events, everything, is going back into the club. Mm. Well of course it's worth noting the stadium debt is also part of the club, so all these events, etc. doesn't necessarily mean that the football team suddenly has loads more money because we have the stadium debt. However, it is going back into the club. It's not being taken away. Um, and that's kind of like a preconception a lot of people have, that it's profits over glory, literally milking the money and running away with it. That's not happening. Um, I So I, I don't believe he he has no ambition for the club to win things because we all acknowledge that he's, he's a solid businessman in acumen. And... Everybody knows the reason why Manchester United are the richest club on earth is because they just so happened to hit their glory period when the Premier League first started yeah. and got massive exposure around the world. They were the most successful team in the most, you know, glitzy league at that time, you know, new and shiny. And all of a sudden they became a powerhouse and they capitalised on it. They did very well. They were very smart in what they did. If Tottenham had had our, you know, if that had been our 60s era, you know, had been when the Premier League started in the 90s, it would have been us. You know, it, it, you know, it's not a, it just lightning struck. It just happened to work for them at that precise moment. So we've had to work behind the scenes to try and play catch up for a long time. 20 years of Enoch, 20 years of Daniel Levy, I don't think he's done things with a, uh, you know, sod football, I just want to make money approach. I don't believe that. Yeah, he's, he's he's a Spurs fan, isn't he? He's a Tottenham he is, fan. He is, you know, he was going to games long before Enoch bought the club. So, yeah. I, I I don't believe he hates the club. I don't believe he does things. I just think his view on things is very different to ours. Uh, very different than mine. <laughs> I can only speak to me. And it is frustrating me. Uh, you know, I'd love to sit down with him. And I know loads of fans would love to sit down with him. But I'd love to sit down because I'd love to hear his explanation on things. Because obviously... We get snippets, we get kind of uh, bit part stuff, and uh, you know the the Tottenham Hotspur Trust minutes, which are released, they are always keen to stress, you know, because people criticise them, like, well, why didn't you challenge this? Why didn't you say this? They're always very keen to stress these minutes are basically sanitised by the club. Yeah. The club get final refusal on what is put out to the public. So if a member of the trust does say. You're a lying bold git. That ain't going to make the cut. <laughs> so I'm yeah. not saying they do that, by the way. I'm just saying that, <laughs> you know, that wouldn't make the cut. But I'd love to sit down with him because I'd love to hear his explanation. 
I would genuinely enjoy hearing his thinking behind it because the snippets you get, you can punch holes in. You know, well, that doesn't make logical sense. But we all know, as a, as a business, let's just think of it as a business at the moment, nothing will grow the brand of Tottenham Hotspur more than winning stuff. Absolutely. So yeah. it makes no logical sense not to push that or or to be focused on that. And like like you, you've put in your comment there, Lee, about you know hiring a checkbook manager. You're absolutely right. You know what logic is there in hiring Jose Mourinho if you have no ambition to win things? Yeah, yeah. You're and right. that's and that's where I think the frustration is because it's like on one hand you go, well, we must be trying to win stuff because he's done that. But then you go, but then you go and say that and you don't buy that player. And, you know, Jack Grealish would have been 25 million quid. Why? That's that's madness mm. that you didn't do that. You know, he's going to go to Man United for close to 80 this summer. You know, uh, Jadon Sancho, we refused to pay 12 million when we could have grabbed him. Then Man City jumped in and sold him to Dortmund for nine. You know, 12 would have been a set compensation. Potts really wanted him. That guy's going to go to Man United this summer for over 100 million. <laughs> you, mm. Just, mm. You, you just see these things and you kind of... I mean, I could rattle off a list, man, but I won't. But I, I completely get the frustration. I, I, hopefully we've answered your point there, Lee. I hope. Uh, Gavin Whiting says, Is the Enoch priority being a successful football team or growing equity? Oh, that's a good point. Um, he's, Daniel Levy stated that growing equity um, was what the club were doing. Um do you mind if I take this one as well? Sorry. Yeah, take it. And I, w- I will just say, before you do take it as well, yeah. how lucky am I that when I ch- I could have picked anywhere to sit in the ground for my season ticket, yeah. and I chose to sit next to, well, not didn't know at the time, but I sit next to this guy who's made his comments. Very good, good in- intelligent Spurs fan. <laughs> is, it, is this Gavin, is it? He sits next to me, yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, is this the guy you reckon's an absolute asshole? The one you always say annoys you every week? The one who doesn't shut up? The if one you, you said the next time you see him at home game, you're going to slap him in his face. I remember you saying that. Yeah, yeah. no, he's a he's a top guy. He, come, he comes with his his um his partner and their children, and uh, yeah, yeah it's like oh, I always nuts. you know you know it's, cause it's always a risk when you when you pick a season ticket, isn't it? And you could end up sitting next to the biggest moron. We've and luckily, both sides. I've got yeah. I've got a guy to my right, Andrew, and he he comes normally brings his daughter with with him and. And then to my left is Gavin, and sit, he sits next to me with his wife and their kids, and it's it's brilliant because ah, I've, I've I'm, I like that. either side brilliant people. Yeah, uh, excellent. Well, Gavin, um, Gavin, yeah, I mean, you make a great point, and you do pick out a phrase that was used that I think a lot of people, um, in the context of how it was used, could take that as kind of like, oh, so hang on a minute, we don't actually care about football; we care about growing the brand. In, in the context it was used, what he was trying to make the point of is the fact that the club don't take out money. So Enoch don't withdraw money from the club because they don't look at Tottenham as a like a, a monthly return. If you think about, uh, try and translate this to something a little bit easier. Think about buying a house. You buy a house to rent it out. You're going to rent the house out for £1,000 a month. Your mortgage on it is going to be 600 uh, with all the bills, it comes up to eight hundred. So that means you've got two hundred pound profit every single month you take out of that investment. But also, you get a thing called equity growth. So if you bought the house for two hundred thousand, the house in ten years' time, for example, you know, I know property goes up and down, but basically it does go up eventually. Um, that property is going to be worth three hundred thousand, just for silly figures. 
So you've actually made a hundred thousand in that ten-year investment, and you're prioritizing that over the monthly return. So what the point he was trying to make is, is that Enoch does own the club. Of course, Enoch's about making money. They're an investment company, but they're not thinking of us as a monthly return. They think of us as a long-term, when we do sell, or if at any point we decide to sell, we will make so much money because we bought the club for 200 million. <laughs> yeah, it's worth a little bit more than that now, isn't it? Just, just a bit. <laughs> So yeah, I think hopefully I've explained that. Hopefully that makes sense. Um, yeah, I do. I do see the point that it could quite easily come across as all we care about is increasing the value, not. But but like I go back to the point before, there's nothing more certain to make the brand even bigger than actually winning things. Mm. Um, Aaron Jewell says the best moment in the match was when Tanganga flattened the Leipzig centre back. I actually agree with that. I was killing myself laughing when that happened. Did you get to see that in the was ground? That, was, when, the, when the ball hit him in the head? <laughs> no, what? no. So oh. basically, um, the, the, sorry, this still makes me laugh to this minute. So Larice is coming out to get the ball and this big hulking sort of central defender stormed forward for Leipzig and he's going into Larice. So he's jumped to hurdle Larice and Tanganga's come out of nowhere on the camera angle jumped as well and just smashed him like flying you know like a ice hockey player hitting one into the wall just launched himself into him I mean if they'd given a penalty for it you would have gone yeah kind of get it <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but the referee was just like nah shoulder to shoulder Leipzig players were going mental I've got tears in my eyes where I'm laughing because you know as a Tottenham fan, Tanganga is. He must have just been so wound up at that point, and he's just decided, nope, I'm going to take you out. <laughs> when was when was that? Was that towards uh, the end of the game? Towards the end, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I left with about 10 minutes to go, so I must have missed uh, that. You possibly did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was really great. If you find it anywhere, I'll find the clip. It's brilliant. He just absolutely murdered him. Quality. Um, uh, do, do you know that I was going to say that sorry. that bit because I didn't realise, uh, you know, in the first half when, that, when their player got hit by the ball yeah, and he yeah. went down, and I was like, Mate, you've just been hit by a ball. Come on, yeah, son. He, no, and I realised it way. actually it made it knocked him unconscious. Yeah, yeah, he was. In he a was really one of his time. Yeah. Inc- like they, they was bringing on like they was they bring up they brought on about fifteen to twenty paramedics. I'm like, yeah. the guy just got hit by a ball. Come on, guys, this is no. like making time wasting. You know, no. it's too obvious. <laughs> no, no, no. He was in a bad way. Yeah, no, it, it caught him. That was bad. No way. Um, uh, Aaron Jewell also says, what happens if the rest of the season's cancelled due to too many people having coronavirus? Um, there's no official word yet on that. Um, however, the <laughs> the official protocol, because people have looked this up, if a season has to be abandoned because of force majeure, you know, something that's outside of anyone's control, then technically everything's frozen and it rolls on to a new season. Um <laughs> Uh, something tells me due to the sheer money involved and stuff, that's never going to happen. Yeah, it's you know, never going to happen. When, when yeah. those rules were written, you know, football <laughs> teams probably paid their players like 50p a week and a, and a Kit Kat. Um, so, <laughs> could you imagine though, you know, Liverpool, no, no, I'm sorry, you're not getting the title because the season had to be cancelled. Um, teams down in the relegation zone or Leeds United trying to get back into the Premier League, finally about to do it and nope. It it would be the only bit of joy that we could only get out this season, I think, isn't it? Oh dear, oh, no! I just, I, I I think it'd just be 
legal entanglement forever. So right now, I've got no idea what they're going to do. They'll yeah. probably just postpone everything and then play all the games like really quickly. Uh, Gavin Whiting, this is your mate again, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Hey, He's well, on a roll, isn't he? <laughs> Gav, Gavin... Oh, Gavin's angry, clearly. Wasn't the stadium supposed to be the last piece of the jigsaw? If so... Why has Levy been making comments like he did at the last minute with the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust? Sorry, the last meeting, not last minute. Insinuating we will not be changing our transfer policy, insisting there is no correlation between spending and success. Yeah, that quote really got Mm. me as well. When questioned about the striker crisis, not acknowledging we have an issue, uh, you simply said that we have plenty of attacking players, absolutely contradicting the manager. What a mess this seems to be. Please talk about this. Thank you. Um... It, it, Ooh, we we have got where attacking, do I start? I was gonna say we have got attacking players like yeah. you know Lucas Delhi uh, etc. Who are playing, but like we alluded to earlier, you know yeah. Delhi's an attacking player, yeah, but strong, he can't play where he normally plays because we're missing the two. I mean we've got the main striker Kane and Son who can play as a striker. Yep. Now you've just lopped the head off of us, haven't you? That's the problem, and you're trying to then put attacking players in that bit where the head's been lopped off. And all right, they are attacking players. I appreciate that, but they're not playing in the positions they're meant to be, or they feel comfortable in. So that's why. That's why you know it's you can't just say, "Oh, we still have attacking players," because yeah, technically we do, but in the in in the kind of the context of 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 where you know of the football we're playing, yeah. we don't really do we? You know, I know it's quotes like that that make you want to chin him. Really, mm. you know, it's stuff like that that make wind people up because, like I said earlier on. Going into it and saying, you know, like for example, an answer to that had been, yeah, you know, we we had our eye on a few strikers. Unfortunately, you know, deals weren't available because, you know, we don't want to sign somebody, um, literally short term. You know, somebody, you know, we've signed players in the past where it's not worked out, so we, you know, we have a few options, etc. But we decided that it'd be better to, you know. We've Harry injured, but Son could play there, etc. Then, of course, unfortunately, Son got injured, and we're left looking stupid. Mm. You know, if you say that, people might go, "Oh, bloody hell, you should have done it." But at least you kind of walk away from it, going, "Well, at least they thought about it. At least, at least you went into that situation knowing what you needed to do, but for whatever reason, you weren't able to do it. And then you decided, do you know what? If we can't sign a player that's going to improve us, you know, Sonny can play up front. We got faith in him." And you remember, you know, Son had scored five goals in six games before he got injured. Mm. It was kind of working. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but, yeah, so if you said that, you'd kind of walk away from it going, oh, okay. But to come out with, oh, we've got lots of good attacking players, that's not the same as a striker, mm. you numbnut. Mm. That's like saying we don't have a fit goalkeeper. Yeah, but we've got lots of good defensive players. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's what it's like yeah. saying, yeah. yeah exactly. it, it, and, and that's the thing, isn't it, you know, with, with Levy. He's a Spurs fan. Yeah. He, I think he's got the club at heart, but he does not understand football. And no. that is the problem, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. And he shouldn't be anywhere near it. But that's that's a whole separate debate. Um, the, the comment about the jigsaw, the, the you know, the stadium being the final piece of the jigsaw. Um, wage ceilings lifted massively, which obviously has enabled us to attract... And also keep certain players for now. Um, when it comes to actually having the money to spend, uh, currently we're not seeing that. Um, but then again, we got the summer coming up. 
at the moment, none of us actually know. Because here's the other thing as well. If Daniel Levy came out and said, you know, we've underinvested, but now we've got the money, we're, you know, we're going to go spending big. Every club we contact this summer will go, oh yeah, well, he's worth 50 million now. Because mm. we know you need to spend and you're going to spend big. Mm. So him playing it down all the time could play into that. You know, no, we don't need to spend our squads good. We're gonna we're gonna do a bit of tweaking. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Let's let's see what happens. Um mm. like, like like Matt Scott is blind optimism. Let's see what happens before Let's we... let that feed into that, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh Robert Paladin Paladino. Paladino? I hope I said that right. I wish Levy would just fuck off. <laughs> he goes on to say more Nice and blunt. Yeah. Um I'll pass it on. Uh, Stefan Cruz Alvarez, a.k.a. Super Sub, a.k.a. Stepin Stefan, says, Did last year's Champions League run really just paper over the terrible situation developing? Yes. Yes. Yeah, there we go. Absolutely. Michael Joseph says, With all of our players fit, we have a decent squad, but we definitely need reinforcements. How many transfer windows do you think it's going to take to fill our team with a proper starting eleven and backups? In my opinion, we need an, a proper captain. I like Hugo, but need someone who will take command. Yes, I completely agree with that. I completely agree. That was that was one thing notice, noticeably missing. I think from the from the Leipzig game was just we didn't have anyone like we like like you. I know I said I mentioned Lemel, and you're right. Lacelso, uh, Delhi, they were they were giving their all. But they just needed to be a, a leader on that pitch, yeah. and and Hugo's not a leader. All, all, I mean, you could argue. I mean, I as you, like I just mentioned, I disappeared before the last goal went in. Mm. Uh, but the first two, I, I was kind of behind that goal, and I, I think both of them. I think he could have done a lot better with. And he, yeah. it's almost like he epitomises um, where we are. You know, just try, just not good enough. You know, yeah. and yeah. It, it's. Uh, yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with that. I, I lo- I've, I've loved Hugo Lloris at the club, but I, I wonder whether, you know, maybe, I don't know, keep him at the club, but just maybe, I think Kane, I've always said Kane should be our, our captain. Yeah. You know, I think Kane would be a fantastic leader on the pitch because you just and, see, see how much he wants things. Like, you know, he, he's maybe, that kind of John Terry, isn't he? And maybe getting the armband would keep him here for another year. Yeah, possibly. I mean, we're going to have to try something, aren't we? Because he's not going to yeah. fancy Europa League football, is he, for a season? Oh, I don't think we're going to be playing in that either, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, how many windows? Technically, it could be done in one. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. Genuinely, this summer, I know we, we talk about you make big transitions and big changes. The thing is, the squad blueprints there, you actually don't need to make, like, overhaul. So... People keep talking about, oh, we need a new goalkeeper, we need new defenders, we need new midfielders, we need new strikers. It sounds like you need an entire team. But in reality, like you said, if if the team's fit, um, and let's say, uh, for argument's sake, for a moment, we're going to play 4-2-3-1, just because that's a formation we all know. Um, Okay, we we keep Lloris. We work on the theory that he is still a good shot stopper. He's no longer club captain. Um, but we keep him, um, we're going to spend our money elsewhere in the team. Um, you then partner, say, Alderweireld Sanchez with two new fullbacks. Fullbacks who know how to defend. 
Mm. That will mean that our central defenders aren't exposed anywhere near as much as they currently are because they are constantly having to make the decision of whether to go out and go to the ball or stay with the person they're marking because their fullbacks are somewhere else, especially a fullback on the right hand side. Oh, yeah. Um, who headed the ball just beautifully up in the air. Anyway. Anyway, um, moving on. Um, so, two new fullbacks who can actually defend, have defensive discipline as well as providing support in the attacks. Um, you then move into the midfield. Um, Tango Undumbele motivated and playing well, uh, partnered alongside Gio or one or the other. Uh, Winks, you've got options in there. Skip, very good option in there. We do have options there that actually, with the team playing well potentially are, are good options you move forward uh, Steve Bergwijn uh, Sonny Kane Deli um, the, the options are there and yes you can add players in and we do need to uh, dare I say kind of upgrade certain areas um, but but the, the sides there that the squad is there the kind of blueprints there it, and it can be done this summer but it has to be done like accurately and it has to be done quickly mm. because if we do the typical waiting game you know trying to trying to shave a million off by waiting and waiting and waiting the transfer window closes in line with the rest of Europe which means next season's season will start before the window closes you're going to have that same we're going to have that same thing again we're yeah. going to have Mourinho trying to get a pre-season to instill his ideas Without the players, that's what I'm saying. If, if I look, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna renew my season ticket, mm. but it but I'll I'll know fairly soon whether this is just going to be another shit show for another season. If that happens, if it, if if it's it, it, literally if it's just like like you say, waiting to the last minute to try to shave a couple of million off, yeah. bringing in players last minute, it's just I've, I've, I've had enough of it. Yeah. I've had enough of it. I really have, yeah, and so many it, people have. Yeah, and it, and it's saving the it's saving Enoch money. You know, I understand that, but it's not. It's just messing with our team, and it's messing with our. Ch- and and uh, I know you you got into Grealish and a couple of the other players, but if they just had a different philosophy philosophy with things, you could have had the amount they spent, or even less, mm. and had a cabinet full of trophies. I think you're not wrong, mate. Mark Corder, we have possibly the best stadium in the world. We do. I'm calling it. We have. The most successful current manager in the world. He's certainly one of. What is the strategy now for building a team that matches the ambition that is being shown off the field? Uh, that's beautifully put. Um, oh, that's the issue. I think all of us are looking at it going, what is the plan? Because the way you're talking is scaring us. <laughs> because it yeah. sounds like you think this is okay. The, the thing is, and I think we touched on this a little bit earlier... You know, uh, chairman, directors of football, managers, they can speak with forked tongue when they know it's going to be published um, because they don't want to tip agents off. They don't want to, you know, say certain things to to end up costing them more money, especially Daniel Levy. Um, really, strategy-wise, the strategy has to be fast, precise deals. Uh, so, for example, Norwich are a team that are potentially going down yeah Norwich if Norwich do go down there are four players at Norwich that we have scouted heavily for two years Max Ahrens is one he's the one that everybody knows about 
Their left back, Northern Ireland player called Lewis, I think. Uh, Godfrey, a central defender. And then there's the kid Cantwell, who in our first game against them this season, players came off and went, he's good. Mm. And we've scouted him all of this season. If they go down, you could, in theory, approach them with an offer for all four. You know, because all four will want to continue in the Premier League. Tottenham could easily say, right, all four, you know, and this is just me plicking figures off the top of the head, okay? This is not me saying this is something credible. But 120 million for those four players, however, that's divided up amongst, you know, which one's worth more, who knows? You say, right, Cantwell stays with you for a year on loan, the other three joins us. And we do this straight away, which means that Norwich, as well as the safety payment from relegation, also have 100 million to rebuild their squad to try and get straight back into the Premier League. Yeah, of course, yeah. Which will be massively attractive to them for players that are all going to be asking to leave. Cantwell, playing a season in the Championship, wouldn't be a bad thing for him, and he'd know that. So, being signed to a Tottenham, who, despite all of us being you know, homicidal, suicidal over at the moment, aren't a team that's going to be fighting relegation... You know, because we're not, we're not one of those clubs. We're not West Ham. But <laughs> he, you know, he's like, yeah, great. I get, I spend a season where I am, where I'm comfortable. You know, that sort of deal there, that sort of strategy would send a massive message, not just to everybody else in the league, not just to everyone, but to our existing squad, to our existing. You know, what a massive lift that would be. Just you know, day one, wallop, we've done this. We've got a new right back, a new central defender, a new left back. <laughs> you know, yeah, Danny yeah. Rose is leaving. We all know that. Serge Aurier is leaving. We hope, we pray, we we commend. But if he isn't, we know Carl Walker Peters likely will because Southampton appear to love him. So you know, you've solved two problems straight away. Bang! New defender Jan Vertonghen looks likely to be leaving. Bang! A new central defender, all homegrown. So they all come into that quota perfectly and help the squad balance. And you do it straight away. You don't mess about. You don't go into this sort of thing. And they're there, established in the squad for the whole of pre-season. All, all us fans are buzzing because we've got some new sign-ins. It looks yeah, like and these quick. lessons have been learned. Yep. Yeah. You just, um, you just It would lift everywhere. After the season we've just had, mm. to do it early, to get it all agreed and done would just be massive mm. and then you can go about other players would look to leave you know you move and then you sort of become the horse trading okay you know it's time for lamella perhaps to go play in italy or spain or portugal you know a league where he's not going to get you know the same level of physicality maybe he can end his career playing more you can look at what you're going to get for him, look for what you're going to get for somebody else uh, perhaps lucas as well as another player you know i know he's he runs through walls for us, scored that amazing hat-trick we'll never forget. But again, you could possibly sell those two and bring in one player who will play more, fitter, younger, and improve the squad. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, absolutely, mate. I so completely... there, there's horse training to be done, but you, I just think strategy-wise, do something fast and do something big. Yeah. Because it will lift everybody. Yep. And it's needed. Um, hmm. Linton Ford says, what are you going to fill your time with? Now our season's over. Ha ha, Linton. Nine <laughs> games left. Don't you bloody start. 
Uh, Kevin McPherson says, what type of players will we will want to join us with no Champions League football? Maybe not even Europa League football. Um, is Jose and the stadium enough of a draw card? What do you think? I'll put that well, to you. Well, you just mentioned the noise boys, haven't you? I yeah. mean, that's the kind of players we'll be looking for. They're, they're not going to want instant Champions League football. But if Mourinho can sell the dream and say, look, I can give us a shot at the title here, you know, they're going to want to sign, aren't they? So, Yeah, yeah, that's... That's my thinking as well. Um, uh, Ian Diver says, Leicester won the league when they had no European involvement. Chelsea won the league when they had no European involvement. Should we right off this season, bring the youngsters through and prepare for next? Yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. going to win the league next year. Ian <laughs> said. <enough>. Ian said. <laughs> Jonathan Edwards says, trying to keep the topics positive, since it's so easy to have negative ones. Just wanted to say congrats to Delhi on 50 Premier League goals. So what you want for him, that's quite an accomplishment for someone only being 23. Yeah, fantastic yeah. achievement. I mean, the next one, the, ne- the next youngest player to achieve that, I think it was like something like 27 or something, wasn't it? To get uh, yeah, for, for, for someone classed as a midfielder, yeah. although there seems to be some argument whether he's a midfielder or not. But anyway, uh, James Hogan says, how many more games can we lose before they sack Mourinho? Um, well, we, we discussed this throughout the show. I... I don't think sacking him is on the cards. I don't think sacking him would be right. I, no. Um, look, I, I was never someone who thought we should appoint him, me personally. But he is the, he is there now. You've got to give him the tools. It's like hiring a builder and then not giving him a hammer. You know, you, you've yeah. got to give him a chance. And if you give him all the tools and he still is underachieving, then we'll all go, look, he's done. Get yeah. him out. Um, yep. Thomas Horton says, where does the club stand on refunds for tickets sold for games that might be played beyond closed doors? No mentions in the terms and conditions. Uh, Thomas, this is something that's been worked on now. I mean, obviously, we don't know the official word, but um, the rumour is that uh, ticket holders will be able to stream the game to a device via a code at home. So, you know, that's that's like going. 70 quid to stream a game, eh? <laughs> Yeah, what more do you want? Um, whether that is a either or, whether that's you can do that plus we'll credit your account. I mean, no one knows yet, but that's going to be fun when it's Watch announced. this space, yeah. Neil Tucker says, what has happened to Deli Alley? Um, he's had two seasons of being played here, there and everywhere. And the football around him being shocking. He's working hard, but there's only so much you can do. Um, I, I know his own personal performances at times deserve criticism. Uh, you know, he takes that on the chin himself. I'm not criticising him at the moment because I don't think any of it's his fault. You, you you be a midfielder, you play your life as a certain role and you get told to go up top and all the team are doing is lumping the ball up to you. Like you're some six foot six centre forward. Mm. You're going to struggle and you're going to look stupid for 90 minutes because you're permanently chasing your tail. Yeah, he's never. It was quite obvious. I mean, it's been quite obvious for a while. But like I say, when I was at the Leipzig game, he he doesn't. He's not one of them players that 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 is. He's not a hold up player for a start. You know, he does struggle. And it, it, I always think with Delhi that he always feel. You always feel that he thinks he's got more time than he actually has. Yeah. You know, he he gets caught out of position so so many times, doesn't he? And, and I, like I'd imagine, like we talked we talked earlier about the different leagues. I think like you know, put him in the French league or the Spanish league, he'd be. Immense. I'm not saying he's, you know he's an immense player anyway, but can you imagine if he had that extra time, if he did have that time on the ball that he thinks he has now, 
you know, because it, it just kind of, I think, you know, especially the Premier League, especially the pace we play at, you, you don't, Delhi, you haven't got that amount of time, mate, you know? He yeah. needs to be sharper, quicker, quick, and he just, that's not his play, is it? Well, and like you say, the, the, the goals he scored, you know, it's when, he's, he, like, you know, you've seen Toby pick him out, haven't you? Or, yeah. or you know, he's been picked out by Kane, and he's there in a the box. That's the kind of Delhi at his best, isn't it? That is, and if you've got a player like that, you, you play to that. Um, you don't, you know, it's like having Harry Kane in your team and don't let him take penalties. It's stupid. Mm. You know, mm. you, you've got to play to the strengths of the players you have in the squad. And Dell is a, an important player to us, as is Harry Kane. And you want to get them to back scoring goals, having fun, teeing each other up on a regular basis like they were before. Um, that's got to be a challenge for Jose to do it. I think he wants to, you know, but then, like like you've said, I, he, he likes to be... Jose has almost made the reasons for things going wrong recently toxic by talking about it so much. Yeah. You know, when we had injuries in the bad crisis under Pochettino, by him downplaying it, the media played it up and everyone kind of felt a bit sorry for us. By Jose ramming it down everybody's throat, people are like, oh, whatever, shut up. Mm-hmm. You know, you're mm-hmm. just making excuses. <laughs> yeah, you're right. The reality yeah. is our injury, you know, every game it's... So and so's not here. Where are they? Oh yeah, they they've pretty much died on the bus. Um, we don't know what happened. You know, uh, yeah, he was fine, then he just fell over and his legs broke. We don't know what happened. It's ridiculous. So, yeah. Um, but mate, that's it. We're done. Uh, this is quite a long show. Uh, hopefully everyone stayed with us. Um, big thank you for joining me. Uh, how are you feeling? Because I started, I sounded quite positive, and you sounded depressed. How, how have we done? <laughs> I, I, I've, I always, I think I pride myself and ourselves as, as as two guys that do this. That I've, I've said this before that we're quite level-headed. Yep. We're not reactionary or knee-jerk with with our feelings and reactions to the to the club. Now, that's not to say that we're not feeling like we say we're feeling really down about the way things are. Mm-hmm. And I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to just say it's going to be fine next season. But it's just a. It's a kind of wait and see, isn't it? And and I think maybe that's what's. I've taken from talking to you on this podcast. You know, it's really a wait and see. Yeah. And look, like I said to earlier, if it ends up being the same old, same old crap, then that's that's me done. You know, yeah. I obviously support the. I'm always going to support the club. You know, when my heart beats, it beats with Spurs, and it always yeah. will until the day I die. But I'm not going to put up with an, another season of this. You know, no, no. but if it does change, then and and like you say, if if Levy and Mourinho are, 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 are downplaying everything to get all these amazing signings in, then look, let's let's ride this out and enjoy the good times when they come, you know? Yep, I'm with you, my friend. Uh, okay, everybody, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. Always feel free to get in touch. You can email us. It's Sam or Matt at spursnews.co.uk via email. You can also send a message via the Facebook page, comment on posts, find me on Twitter at Spurs news 1961 we also have an instagram of the same name which is run by the lovely laura um who's a stripper by the way don't know if i've mentioned that for a few weeks she'll be feeling left out if i don't uh but yeah mate i'll speak to you next week take care sir thank you for listening to the spurs news podcast Be sure to join over 50,000 other Spurs fans on our Facebook page at Spurs News. Until next time, come on, you Spurs! Spurs!
And remember, to dare is to do.